Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I am doing good. I am doing just good. How about you, Addison? How are you doing? Hold on. I I don't know if I understood what you said. You're doing just good like you're not doing better than good, or you're doing good like you're really good? I said good. What just is just good? Good, just good. I mean, what don't you get about that? I'm just good. I, I, I'm I, not doing sorry. I think that you had it right the first explanation. I'm just good. I'm good. Right, I'm sorry you're not better. I'm okay. I'm here. It's getting late in the afternoon. It's, it's, I just, I'm doing okay. I'm excited to be here recording with you, being able to provide some information that's utterly useless for our audience. And then uh, hopefully they think it's useful and it makes me feel better about myself for the rest of the week. What about you? Man, man, your intro there, you, you segued right to what I want to talk about, but I'll talk about what how things are going first, because I think that's the right way to go about it, right? That's the right cadence. Okay. Keep it on track, man. Keep the train on the rails. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I I had one of the busiest weekends I've had in a long time. Uh, my oldest had a birthday, so there was kind of a you know COVID makeshift party, which is more work than just having a regular party, quite frankly. Ooh, happy birthday. Yeah. Big, uh, I got a teenager at home, man. Can't believe that crap. Whoa. It is, I know. It is makes wild. me feel quite old. <laughs> Nothing makes you feel older than suddenly having a child who is a teenager. Um, but nonetheless, had that, so that was busy. Happy birthday to him. I know he doesn't really listen at, out of normal uh, teenage angst, but uh, nonetheless, in case one day that he has listened, uh, he has listened before, but I know he won't do it actively just to spite me. But nonetheless, you know, 20 years from now, he'll go back and these will be published for, for uh, you know, for the history of the world to know. And maybe he'll listen to it and remember, hey, I actually did care. So, worth saying. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, also spent some time working on the new Project Bikes. Ooh. I know we've only kind of gone over these last week. I guess, what, two weeks ago now. Um, but, yeah, spent some time working on those and have come to find that... We don't have any spark on the one that I thought was in better condition. So chasing that down, spending some time on it, I kind of got to the point where I've checked, uh, you know, checked all the plugs, checked the wires, you know, kicked it with them off, tried to see if we could see any spark, and there's nothing getting to the plugs. So mm. it's something with the charging system. Could be the stator, could be the points. And you know, uh, it could be any of the above. With the key switch and nothing to do with the kill switch. So don't know all of that yet. I'm still chasing wires. Didn't get a ton of time with the birthday coming up, or all the birthday festivities over Friday, Saturday. So I was kind of just picking and choosing my times and had a moment that I could go out there and at least give it a fair run and uh, didn't get much out of it. So now I'm trying to get into some of those internal wiring components that have covers and spending a lot of time with a uh, impact wrench. And not the kind that you think of, you know, plugged into an air compressor, but the kind you literally hit with a hammer. An impact driver. Impact driver. Is that what it's called? 
I think that that's more appropriate. I've been known to not know my tool names, despite using them. So, Did you not watch Tim, the tool man, Taylor? Oh, I did. I, and I feel like most of those were made up. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> it was 10% educational, 90% phonetic, so... Yeah, I, Bimford always had crazy names for their tools, which is probably why I have all my tool names messed up, because I spent too much time watching that. But uh, no, I, Dennison and Daryl, uh, you guys all know them, will uh, we'll appreciate appreciate that comment that I don't know my tool names. and That's an inside joke for later when you catch all of us at, uh, at some public event. You can ask them about it, because I'm not going to say it over the air. What? But uh, yeah, that's a long story, man. We'll go over that another time. Nonetheless, whoa, whoa, got some time. Leave them everybody hanging. I, oh I yeah, we we're going to, but that's, yeah. that's brutal, man. That's brutal. It's just me not knowing my tool names and getting teased for it. Oh, for the most part, I do. There's just a couple apparently I've got mixed up in my brain, which is normal. I get most things mixed up in this brain of mine. You but have uh, I know exactly, exactly. But no, so the, got some time there. Uh, finished off an oil change on the uh, on the triple threat, also known as Jolene. Jolene, and I know. So I started to rename it. This is totally anecdotal, and and no one cares. But started to rename the bike the triple threat because I thought, hey, look at this. This is good. It's good for touring. Good for the track, and good for whatever else I want it to be good for. Right? It's a fun right. bike. Right. It's commuting. Those are the three threats, right? It's so instead of a triple threat, it's a triple threat. Yeah, I like this name. Then I remember that I already named, well, I already promised the previous owner we would continue the name Jolene. So it's Jolene colon the triple threat. Colon? Yeah. Okay. I Anyway, I, I, like I said, now, I knew that when I started that story, it sounded better in my head. I appreciate the no laughter, the no comments. That makes it feel just as crappy as I thought it would be. So thank yeah. you, Brad. <laughs> Triple threat, aka yeah. Jolene. Yeah. So, anyway, nonetheless, the other thing that I wanted to bring up before I guess we get into the topic, I don't want to get it in early, is we've got some uh, some demo days coming up. Ooh. There is a demo day at Beaverton Honda, Beaverton Yamaha, basically Ron Tonkin, Beaverton Motorcycles. That is coming a little up. bit of sunshine through the clouds today. That's good to know. That's good. So uh, how's the weather supposed to be? I think that weather's supposed to be great. I don't think there's an issue there. Uh, although there is some rain coming this Thursday, I saw. Uh. Granted, that'll be last Thursday for everybody listening. But nonetheless, that's happening um, long enough ahead that I, I don't know for sure. Uh, and I believe it is the 22nd, 23rd is the demo day. Is that right? Did I share that with you? Oh, uh -oh. I'm good. I'm gonna have to fact check my own information here because hashtag it when you're I dead. drop I dropped the ball on that crap. Fake oh man. man, their website sucks. Can I just go ahead and say that? What? Who? I'm gonna go ahead and call out Beaverton Motorcycles right now that their website is terrible. Well, at least the, their website's fine. Their event calendar is empty, despite knowing for a fact because they've reaffirmed that it is going to happen. But all CDC rules will, will be applied. Therefore, space and masks, be ready. You're only you're one of one to even check that calendar this year. That's probably true. Nonetheless, hey, if you're going to talk about it on, on the book face, put it on your calendar, right? They when talked about their it. calendar or that 
the event on Bookface is more more important because that means their calendar on Bookface is up to date, and that's where everybody's going to look. Is that how it works? I don't know. I don't either, man. You, you look on Bookface. You've got it up. I'm trying here, man. I'm I don't have an account. Rifling through. I want to make sure that I give only the best information. It is the 22nd and 23rd. All right. I was right the first time, oh. but I got nervous. I was wrong. Second guess. So, yeah, if you want to jump on a Yamaha, they're doing specifically a Yamaha demo day, but 22nd, 23rd, that's a good time to head down to Beaverton Motorcycles and, and try out a bike. I, mean, I don't know what it's going to be like with COVID and everything. It may be very difficult to get on the bikes. There may be an extra five minute gap between rides that they're now wiping down i've also never done a a a demo day at that dealership so i don't know their routine or their route but uh, i've done it at what three or four others so i think it'd be fun to go check out and see what's going on so i'll be there you've only done one yamaha demo day right i've done two now but both from the same dealer um okay Procal up here in Vancouver does a pretty good job with it and they've been pretty pretty active unfortunately this year's yamaha demo day was during the Slacker Moto ride, so I missed it. However, it sounds like Yamaha's coming back and they're going to head down to Beaverton. So looking forward to that. Um, the Chicken Hawk is out in that area, so I'll probably try to convince him to to leave his little 80s Honda and uh, try out something new and see what he thinks. Yeah, so what are you going to try to get him on? Uh, I think he should try out something, I don't know. He kind of likes the FJ09, so the Tracer is the new version of that. Uh, I'm sure he'll want to try that. He's always liked the FJRs because uh, we've got family that, that rides one and loves it. So I'm I'm guessing he'll try some of those bigger touring bikes mm. and find out that they are lumbering dogs, like I told him. So he does. He's not interested in getting one of the stars. He doesn't want a cruiser. Not as far as he's spoken of, but I wouldn't be surprised if he tried one out just for funsies. He might be into the uh, the big what Star Eluder or whatever the giant one, their yeah, big uh, Goldwing competitor. No, it just doesn't seem to go with the Chicken Hawk. It just seems like he should be on this cruiser. Well, we'll see. We'll star. We'll see that weekend. We'll uh, yeah. I'll be out there. You'll be able to catch me. We're going to try to convince Brad. So send him emails. Uh, do some stalking. Find his personal Facebook, Instagram, and email account, and just bombard him with messages that he needs to be there. Um, I don't and have then, uh, hack me for that. Sorry. Yeah, that's fair. Come, uh, yeah, come say hi. We'll be there. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely at least going to get on something and, and ride it. There's a few new Yamahas out that I haven't tried out. So I think it'd be fun. I would to like to try the tracer. I could try, I could see getting into that. I, I wouldn't mind doing the FG, FJR. Um, that would be a decent, uh, decent ride to, to just kind of see how that looks and feels. Um, I've seen some of those come up used and they've been appealing at times for about, what, what have they been going for about 5k for a good example of a used one that's five, six years old or something like that, right? For the FJR? Yeah. Yeah. They're usually a little bit older than that, closer to the 10 to 15 year for that price range, but lower miles still 20, 20,000 or so, which for those, I mean, a lot of guys have over hundred and hundred and fifty thousand miles on those. So they're reliable bikes. So anyway, wouldn't mind uh, checking that out. And then uh, I don't know what else I would do. I'd probably get on an R6. Uh, I think that would be a good ride. Did you try the R6? I did not do. I did the R3 at one point because that was the only one that wasn't rented out when I basically spent an entire day at the demo and rode like six bikes. 
Uh, last year, I, I, made, I took full advantage of the bike. Got there the second they opened, actually a little earlier, to get signed up. And after every ride, I was the first one in line to get signed up again. I ended up getting like six bikes that day, eating a free lunch and just making a whole day of it, chatting with people. That was actually really fun. So I may do the same thing since there's not a whole lot going on these days. I might have a whole Saturday to be able to spend there and do that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be surprised if it ends up a little busy. Just saying, uh, there's pretty limited things to be limited events in this area right now as a reason circumstances. Yeah, but it's close enough to the Portland area. I think that I, I imagine some might be a little fearful of going out. Still, Portland is being very careful uh, with the with a couple of exceptions that are all over national news. Mm. <laughs> But otherwise, going to normal events, Portland is very careful about not getting uh, too yeah, close to each other. And I do not around. believe that Portland, I mean, people are cautious, but people are getting out. That's what I've been seeing. And this all started from the beginning. People have been going into Lowe's and grocery stores where it was insanely packed and just going just fine without masks. And now we're wearing masks. So, I mean, I'll leave that out, but still interesting. We'll see. I think it's going to be busy. $5. Fortunately, Cookie? if it's terrible and busy and I can't get on a bike... Family lives close by, so I can uh, still have a good reason to be out there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, should be fun. Um, nonetheless, we're, we're like, way into this and haven't even gotten into a topic. So, sorry for what the banter. We were into a topic. What are we talking about? I don't know. You tell me. I never know what I'm talking about. you got to keep me in line, man. This whole uh, digital recorder, I guess it's always digital, but... <laughs> non-live recordings back and forth where we're not staring at each other, man. They, uh, you know, I, I can't get lost in your eyes, so I'm better at keeping the, the topics on board. That was like, that was a really big diss against Beaverton um, and and then also a big advertisement for them. I will say that, so. Hashtag yeah, that, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, try to level it all out. Nonetheless, uh, what, what I thought we'd get into, and we've kind of alluded to this for the last... Uh, couple weeks now is the economy of riding and i think uh, i think it's an interesting conversation given our current situation that that we can kind of talk about it generically in a normal or what was the old normal because they keep saying new normal whatever that means um you know riding situation that a lot of people get into bikes and i know i used this to my advantage anecdotally in conversation however knew in the back of my mind that it wasn't true but a lot of people get into bikes saying that they're going to save money on their commute and they're going to basically have a lower cost of ownership and all of that by riding every day uh, and kind of going that route. And that's how to kind of justify their purchase with that. What okay, are your okay. thoughts so on that? If you're going to make the claim that it doesn't, then you need to back that. What are you saying? No, so I'm asking, what do you think? I think it depends. I think it really depends. I think that if you were to only have a motorcycle and you didn't have any other vehicle, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to save some money, save a significant amount of money, especially if you are getting something that's reasonable and it's not some super sport um, motorcycle that has insane insurance or you've already had uh, accidents of some sort. Um, I think it's just a matter of, are you going to have to have food delivered? Are you going to be able to go get your groceries? But I think that you'd work through that. Most people that are going to be in that situation of commuting on a motorcycle probably live relatively close to a grocery store. So I think you could make that work out. Um, I, I think that it makes sense. I think that somebody could save a lot of money 
but I'm looking forward to hearing why you believe that you couldn't. I think that's more important. Why, how do you make that claim? Now, I know this is going to be controversial to those that use this and to our own community here in the motorcycle world, but there's also a lot of caveats that, that relate to this, right? You've got to look at the, the different variables uh, being distance from work, distance from amenities. Just to your point, if you live next to a grocery store and you work two miles away, it's a different conversation than living, uh, you know, 30 minutes from work and 10 minutes from a grocery store, right? That's a whole different conversation. So you got to think about that. Uh, to your point, what bike you get is a big variable, right? If you've got a, a $40,000 super bike, it's very different than having a $3,000, you know, uh, Honda Rebel 300, right? Very different conversation on those two bikes, uh, both in cost of ownership as well as purchase price and all the above. Um, so there's a lot of variables in that, and it really depends on what you're doing. But I think on a rough scale, when you look at it, I think that there's a – and it may not be less. It may not be more. It depends, again, on these variables. But there's a lot of things you got to look at is what I really want to get across on this conversation before kind of jumping the gun on that that brash statement uh, one way or the other. Because the big thing I look at when I get them that I wasn't aware of or the big thing that I guess I didn't fully understand was uh, a lot of the maintenance items and the smaller maintenance interval. When you look at uh, when you look at a bike, generally, let's talk tires. You're talking for a low-cost bike that is pretty roadworthy. You're talking at least $200 for a set of tires uh, for a nicer set or wider or bigger. Depending on how you get into your bike, a bigger cruiser, you could be talking $600 a set pretty quickly. It's not uncommon to see motorcycle tires at 300 bucks a pop. Yeah, you know? I think that most people wouldn't be buying those, but sure. Okay. But it depends what your bike is, right? Some some bikes, your only options are in that range. I mean, the Scrambler had very common sizes, but just due to the wheel size and the requirement for, uh, you know, for different things, for uh, for height and off-road ability or whatever you're looking to get out of your bike, depending on how much you do fun versus just commuting. So you know, it was 200 going, and you're talking looks. So you're looking at function versus form and you chose form regardless of whether it made sense for the function that you chose. I think that you have to keep it within reason because I think, yeah, well, you can spend a lot of money on tires. I, th- I understand where you're coming from with the maintenance side, but all I'm saying is, is that if you're using it truly for a commuter and you're going to do a little bit of other things on it, riding on the weekends and such, you don't have to go wild on the style of tire and the and the form of the motorcycle and all the things that go into it. You can, and that's one of the beauties of having a motorcycle, but but that isn't what should drive the conversation of whether or not it can be a good commuter. Well, even even at, let's say, $150 a tire. So now we're talking a $300 set of tires. And that's okay, not a crazy tire. $40 a tire, what are you talking about? Are your, It goes back to the bike. It goes back to the bike that you're choosing. If you're going to choose something that is good for commuting, then it's great. But if you're going to buy something that isn't good for commuting and you're trying to turn it into a commuter and it just wears through tires, well, then that's not a good decision. That's concerning. You got to choose the right bike for what you're wanting to use it for. That's fair. But even, you know, again, your standard middleweight bike, you're talking $100, 150 a tire. Your bike's excessively lower cost. But what's your lifespan on a tire as well? If you're talking, again, distance of your commute makes a big difference, but it, generally a motorcycle tire for a lot of bikes is 10,000 miles or less. 
for a lot of motorcycles just on how they wear and, and how quickly they wear due to how sticky motorcycle tires are when you're trying to get just as much traction out of half the uh, you know half the tires as a car so you don't get a lot of miles out of them and so even then you're talking one-sixth of the life of tire so even at a hundred dollars a set you're still talking 600 bucks in the same amount of time you put in your you know your honda civic which would be a similar tire cost anyway i get what you're trying to say nonetheless not just tires <laughs> we don't need to sit here and fight about tires because there's other things that go into it right your your oil change uh, your oil and filter for a motorcycle for four-stroke oil on a street bike is generally slightly more expensive. Um, now, a lot of people are using the Shell Rotella, and you've got a pretty good, pretty good use case there because it is JSO and you know wet clutch certified uh, oil. So that's a good choice. But nonetheless, you're going to pay a few bucks more, and generally, it's the same as an older car with regards to oil change interval. Uh, you know, some of the newer cars are getting crazy long intervals out of them, and some of the newer bikes are too. So that's a pretty yeah, comparable a item. On whether somebody would actually wait that long or whether you should, even though you... Yeah. No, and that makes sense. But then the, the other variable that comes into play here is whether you're doing your own service or not. Because if you drop off your car to have the oil changed, it's 30 bucks at Jiffy Lube, right? If you drop off a motorcycle, even at your local dealer, or not dealership, but your local mechanic... You're going to pay fifty to seventy dollars minimum. If you drop it at a dealer, you're paying a couple hundred dollars just for an oil change. So that's another big caveat in owning a bike is if you're not willing to do the work yourself, it is a, a very much increased cost. I think that we're going the wrong direction. I think what we should be stating is the direction that one should go if they want to have a motorcycle and make it economical for a daily commuter. I okay. We're going. Talk to me. I think we're driving, but okay. So then, that's the point: is in order for a motorcycle to be economical as a commuter, but still fun for a weekend rider or afternoon ride. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to do some of the basic maintenance on your own, which includes the oil changes and chain checks and chain cleaning, and maybe even a chain replacement. Although at that point. There's regular intervals for cars that require quite expensive maintenance um, um, items to be done regularly that are scheduled. And it all depends on the kind of car that you're looking at, too. So I think that even though we're talking about maybe it's $30 here, you probably wouldn't take a uh, BMW or another German motor car into a dealership and get it really cheap. So I think it just depends, but there's ways to do it. And it means getting into a a bike that has a low cost of ownership, which means that one has to at least do the research. Now, I don't know what the cheapest low cost of ownership motorcycle is out there, although I'm sure there's several articles online that our readers can check out. But that's a good starting point if that's what you're wanting to look at. And then looking at, okay, being able to do that, how much are a set of tires? How many miles am I planning on riding a year? Because a lot of people that may commute on a motorcycle are only going five miles one way. So that's 10 miles. How many days can you go, you know, 10 miles a day? How many miles, how many, how long can you go without having to replace just the tires, right? Those are things to take into consideration. I think that when one goes that route and they don't go for a super street muscle machine or a heavy cruiser or something that just is going to peel away the tires, I think that you can really drive towards 
a uh, lower cost, cost of ownership vehicle, motorcycle, that allows you to commute to work and could be cheaper than the alternatives and more fun than the alternatives of a, a similarly priced cost of ownership four-wheeled vehicle that could be purchased on the market. So you're getting right into where I want to go with this. What would you look for just on a generic standpoint? What are the items you'd look for on a good commuter bike that would be low cost of ownership, that would beat out a car for cost to own? I think that I would probably not be looking for a um, European motorcycle or a German motorcycle of any sort. I would definitely be looking for an imported Japanese um, Honda or Yamaha or um, Suzuki or something along those lines that are, are just built with um, a little bit looser tolerances on things and able to survive quite a bit longer. I would also consider um, the type of cam and pushers that it's using for that push rods and, uh, and such that you want to be knowledgeable of what it's going to take to adjust the valve lash and such. So does that mean that it's shimmed or is it a screwdriver adjustment or is it hydraulic and you don't even have to mess with it, right? And some of those things maybe cost a little bit more, but understanding the type of maintenance that it's going to require will also give you a good set of information on how much it's going to cost to maintain. Where I think shims are going to be in the area of uh, probably one of the more expensive options as far as valve lashes um, is concerned. So I'll leave it at that. I'm curious. What, you, you state an item and then we'll go from there. So I think that's fair. So, so far what I've heard you say is a bike with a good track record of high mileage and a bike with, I mean, it sounds like you're talking about uh, lock nut and screwdriver based shims, which I would agree with that, that those are significantly lower cost and easier to do yourself. Right. I mean, on both accounts, even if you take it in, it's cheaper. And if you don't take it in, it's easier. So it's a win-win. Sure. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. There's more items, but I'm curious. I'll let you throw in a few. So I think uh, a couple of important things. We've kind of touched on it, and we won't hash it out any longer. But check the tire size that your bike takes. Look Absolutely. at some generic tires because there are, I mean, to, to the point that I was trying to make, you it, there can be very common bikes that for whatever reason, that tire size is expensive. And there can be bikes that have high-end tire setups that don't have to be. I mean, for example, the Street Triple is a good example. The the 17-inch rims on it are just so friggin' common among Suzuki and everybody, but there's so many tire choices that they can't be expensive or no one's going to buy them, right? Because there's so many choices. So economies of scale on it are really good. Um, so wear and tear items is what I'm hearing you say, such as the tires themselves. Really, tires is all I see as a wear and tear. Your chain and sprocket is roughly the same price no matter what bike you ride. Um, but if you're looking at a bike that's going to have a low cost of ownership, I would even go, if you can find a shaft drive on, uh, you know, a lower cost bike, that's harder to do or belt drive is actually crazy, inexpensive, super easy to maintain. Uh, if you're just commuting, a belt drive is really the way to go as far as I'm concerned. Right, right. And there's some out there. I know some sportsters and Buells and some other things. There's another motorcycles as well. Uh, even the. Yeah, I say even the certain certain models of Triumph Bonneville are belt drive just because of that ease of maintenance and, and simplicity and design. Um, so yeah, you can find them all over. Even some of the older uh, 
older metric cruisers and things like that belt drive right. because brakes of the are another thing depending on the style of brakes the style of calipers and how many pistons are in it like all of that is a package should be considered although a lot of the times it's not going to be a big driver uh you should be aware of kind of how much that can cost that's a safety item that you're going to want to make sure that you're maintaining and that you can't afford to maintain when it gets to that well that you're maintaining it it's also important there are a lot of bikes that are under that have you know they're under braked i don't know if that's the right way to say it but don't have enough brakes for their weight for a modern vehicle really to where you know if if you're going to pay a little extra because now you've got dual front rotors there is a huge benefit to that when it comes to stopping power although it'll cost twice as much to replace pads it is you know, with regards to safety and performance, that one may be worth it. <laughs> you get a lot for your money there. Um, but yeah, looking through it as well, I think, uh, you know, to your point, I think I generally will look for bikes as well for my commuter bike, more so, um, that have a, a large following. Uh, I like to have that community support behind it. To where if something goes wrong or if I just need help on something or if I just want to Google, right, some information that is easier to find online, if it's a bike that has a popular following, there's a lot more aftermarket support, a lot more support from the community that rides it, and, and that helps as an owner to, uh, to understand how to get the most, the most bang for your buck. Definitely. And if you're going to be one of, if you're going to end up in a boat where you're going to have to pay to have somebody do it, let's say, because many of us uh, either end up at a point in time where we need to just get it taken care of. I want it done. I'm going to take it in. I can get it done. I know it's right. And I get it back. I think that it's also important to know what shop you're going to be taking that bike to in the event that you need new tires, because you're going to have to go somewhere. Most people will at least to be able to replace them and know that they're balanced right and such as well as any other more severe maintenance that may come up on larger intervals. Let's say it's 20 to 30,000 miles. If you're riding, let's say a Yamaha, are you going to be comfortable going to the Yamaha dealership? One of the ones that's uh, in your area or the only one that's in your area to get that work done. Do you feel comfortable there? Maybe a different motorcycle from a different manufacturer, not saying that there's anything wrong with Yamaha or the other example, but let's say maybe a Honda would be a little bit, uh, more advantageous to have so that way you can have that customer service experience and know that you're taken care of. Yeah, it's a valid point. Um, I mean, especially if you're buying your first motorcycle, checking out your local dealers and understanding who does what, and who's good and who is friendly and where you want to hang out and just, you know, talk with those people. Uh, you know, it, it's worth that visit. So to your point, both for the maintenance side of things, as well as just buying that bike knowing your local dealers and who's got the capability to support you is uh, maybe not capability because most of them are pretty, pretty capable, but who's got the best mesh with you and your personality and what you want to do with your bike right. can be pretty invaluable. You're also able to find out what their flat rate is and such. And so that way you can actually get a feel for how long it might take or how much it might cost to get a few things taken care of there. If let's say you decide that you want to have somebody change your oil due to your scheduling or whatever the case is, um, it definitely is going to cost a little bit more. And to, to your point, it would be more than a car, but I can see that coming up. But really the drive is going to be that you're willing to take on some of the, the basic maintenance items for the motorcycle on your own, such as oil changes, brake adjustments, clutch adjustments, any of those kind of things without taking it in. 
and maybe having a decent following of, of other peers that you can bounce um, ideas and pull um, from their knowledge as well. Now, the other item that, that you got to take into account as well, if you're looking at an economic bike, is if you are prone to speeding tickets, a bike may not be your best choice. Because although a clean driving record means that generally for most states, your insurance is dirt cheap on a motorcycle, a dirty driving record quite means quite the opposite. That you're going to have quite the expense. But to that point, in what you should look for as maybe a first-time rider or as a new driver in general is a lower displacement bike because most insurances go based on displacement and then history. So if you're looking at that, right, if you've got a high displacement, even if it's a safe bike that has very few wrecks, the higher the displacement, the higher the insurance. Right, so uh, going back to something that's more economical, that's lighter, that's not going to go through the tires as much, yep. and that is for shorter commutes and it's not a road trip um superstar or maybe a corner king although they can be those little bikes or those midweight bikes can be quite a lot of fun absolutely and i you know it's even to that point a used bike is generally your better choice for uh cost just one you're going to skip the break-in maintenance which is an extra maintenance only you know a couple hundred miles at most after you've bought the bike um but as well because the older the bike, the lower the insurance as well. So generally, I think once you get into the collector game, if you want to be insured for the amount your bike's worth, you're going to pay a little bit more. But uh, that's not what we're talking about. So. <laughs> right. Not important. Yeah, um, I, think we can, I was going to say fuel as far as another benefit and uh, fuel mileage, but there's some cars out there that are relatively low cost that you can get into that would be pretty cheap but it is a perk that you know you can have something that could be quite peppy uh relatively light and nimble and get good gas mileage and have a fun you know have a blast riding it so uh, fuel mileage is still an important factor because it can get you there it can get you there the the smiles per mile ratio is what makes that difference you you said it exactly right it can be quite peppy because you know that that's the difference is really your average motorcycle is in the 40 mile per gallon range. If you go real small displacement um, and you're just commuting around town, you can do better 50, 60 on some of those bikes. But you're not generally, especially with most small commuter sedans, you're not leaps and bounds ahead of them, right? If you get an older Toyota, you're getting 35 to 40 miles per gallon. And right there, you're on par with, you know, with a motorcycle. So you're not gaining a ton. But your power to weight ratio, your ability to still have fun on it, is just not even the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's important to take into effect, account all of that, and as well, I think you know if you're looking for for an economic bike, you can save a lot of money by having some understanding of what you want to do with it. Um, you know, to the point of you know wearing through a lot of the wear items like brakes, like chains tires even for that matter if you're looking to you know go and have spirited weekends just as much as you're going to commute or go and do those things a bike that's better suited for it will burn through wear items less if you've got you know single single pot one caliper front brakes and you're hot rodding every weekend you're going to burn through brake pads on your small little pad pretty quick whereas if you've got a bike set up for it you actually won't burn through those wear items as much because 
you're if you're commuting half the time, you're not really using those wear items like it was intended. Sure. So having some understanding now that's hard to do if you're a first time bike owner, you know you got to buy something inexpensive that you can learn and and figure out who you are on a bike, right? Who you think you are may not be who you are, and that's that's something I learned with my first bike is a scrambler and the ability to go off road was was really appealing, and then I found myself on road basically all the time. And so to your point, you know my second set of tires. Actually, it was my third set of tires. We're, uh, we're very much tree-oriented. <laughs> I got a good deal on the second set. They were somebody's takeoffs. I couldn't uh, couldn't pass up the deal on on an off. Somebody else made the same decision I did, right? Said, hey, I'm taking these off-road tires off and going on-road. So I had, had some off-road tires for a good price. So my second set technically were also knobbies, but that's all right. <laughs> Burned through those quick, too. Yeah, I, you know, I just... It... As far as mental health, I think that that's another one. Um, and we, we, it kind of ties into what we were just talking about, the fun factor. But uh, economically, one could spend a lot more money trying to have the same kind of a thrill that one would get um, just from riding a motorcycle. So feeling like I need to go and do something else when I get home or I'm going to go and now I need to go for a bike ride and not because of the exercise factor but i want to go and just get out and so you're having you're having to spend a lot more time and resources on an additional hobby where you've already got one you have a motorcycle and you got a motorcycle that can go places and you can get into the twisties and have a little bit of fun even if you're not going you know balls out you're just going that you can have a, a lot of fun on one and not have an additional hobby in addition to the car that you um, are using for commuting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is definitely the wild card of the situation. And I say wild card because I think it goes both ways, but from a cost savings standpoint, it's a wild card as you know, in such a way that, yeah, you'll pay a lot more to have a therapist talk to you once a week than you would to uh, just ride a motorcycle commuting every day. But at the same point, you're right. If you're, if you're a little too wild on it, you know, you can end up paying a lot more. So that that's, I guess my, my big, disclaimer to Brad's statement is still be safe uh you know be safe take chances yeah, kind of a thing it easy i said that in my statement i'm completely no i know okay some people when you know when you get on a certain bike myself included you've got to i've got to take check myself in right i gotta i gotta think about it and get myself in check because you know there's times that you want to go too hard or go too fast and because you can, right? The, the vehicle is made to corner hard. It's made to carve through corners in a very different way, which is very fun. And so you got to kind of get yourself in check and make sure you're still being safe and you're still riding with the right skill set that you need and, and honing those skills every day. That's a different conversation for a different day, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. All I'm saying is, is you've got, you've got two, two things that you're getting out of it. You're getting commuting and you're getting smiles. You don't have to have another hobby to get that out of it. And you don't have to ride hard to get those smiles. All you have to do is just go for a ride, take it easy and enjoy the scenery. And you can go almost anywhere and have a phenomenal amount of time and save yourself a lot of money in the end. So what I'm hearing you saying is you don't think it's worth having a bike, right? No, absolutely not. You should just go off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's that's the end result. We're we we kind of started off as the devil, at least I did, as the devil's advocate, saying, "Hey, you know, 
it can be expensive. Bikes can be very expensive. And I just want to make sure that we understand that as a community and don't try to, you know, my big goal is to share the love of motorcycles with those around me. And I think that that's what I want to do. And if people have the desire to get on, I want to make it an accessible sport that they can try and enjoy. But I think there also needs to be a certain realm of reality. I mean, it goes into the same conversation as loud pipe saves lives. We can debate on that all day. We can also debate on the cost of riding and whether it's actually cheaper all day in the same conversation because there's so many variables in there as to what that really means. There's but also in the end, I think we're going to the conversation and when it does and it doesn't work. But if it can work and you really think through it, I, I am definitely an advocate for people being able to utilize a motorcycle as their own, their sole vehicle uh, or mode of transportation. And I've known a few and sure they end up, you know, getting a car later on, but it's possible to do it even in the Pacific Northwest with the kind of weather that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and my big comment to that is, you know, I know people have done the same thing with pedal bikes and if that's what you love and that's what you want to do, I mean, this is kind of a different conversation as well, but, if that's what you want to do, by all means, try it. Do it. The risks are pretty low. I mean, the risks of riding are, are, are there, but the risk in general of making that jump and, and really going for what you want in life, you know, it's worth, it's worth a shot. And so to your point, if you, know, if you need to buy a car two years later because it turns out you're sick of riding in the rain or whatever it is that's the bad part for you, then by all means, do that too. But if that's the route you want to go, then I'm, I'm on board. I 100% agree with you. Try it. Well, I think it provides an opportunity. I think a lot of people that would commute on one regularly have another vehicle at home that they use for the trips to the Lowe's or Home Depot or some sort of a big box store to pick up things. And instead of buying another commuter car, in addition to whatever vehicle that they have to have to pull a trailer or to carry the family to the coast, you can buy a motorcycle and that can be your mode of transportation. You can enjoy it. It stores simply so you don't have another vehicle parked in the garage or in the driveway or even in the garage. You've got a, you know, a corner and you can tuck it away. Lots of benefits. So definitely an advocate. I know I've stated that I'm just reiterating and that's all I got to say. I think that's fair. Obviously the consensus on this side from, from both of us is do it. Get a motorcycle ride, join us in the community and, and love it. Have that peace of mind and that fun. Uh, we definitely want to hear your stories. If you've done this in life or your first leap on a motorcycle, especially anybody who's gotten their endorsement in recent history uh, and then gotten a bike. And, and I love hearing those stories. That's like one of my favorite things about doing the podcast is hearing about people who have gotten their first motorcycle or who got a certain motorcycle due to conversation that we had or, or whatever. And we're able to, you know, kind of share that joy because it, it reminds me when I first started riding, which although it wasn't, you know, all that long ago, it's nice to see that that joy and fun in others. So definitely hey, share that you, with us. Are you calling out Promo Bell? Uh, yes, very specifically. He should talk to us once he figures out what bike he's getting or tries out a street bike in general. I've been waiting to hear from him. Yeah, we've, we've been harassing him so much. I think he's ghosting us. Ghosted? Yeah. Oh. I don't know what that means. But yeah, you can, I mean, Promo Bell, you need to catch us on on uh, either slackermoto.com or just shoot us an email uh, from there and, and let us know uh, your thoughts. You can always check out our information on Patreon. 
Um, but yeah, we want we want that feedback. I'd love to hear your stories. We'll share them on air. And uh, we really hope everybody's having an awesome week. Everybody's getting some time to ride through all this craziness that is uh, everything happening across the nation and really the world right now uh, in all different aspects of good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, definitely find find and make time to ride. Get your uh, moto therapy and, and enjoy uh, enjoy your two wheels. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.